We are live on a Wednesday night from the Living Light Outdoors office. Made a few arrangements tonight, new adjustments. Uh, that gum west sun, or the sun setting over there in the west is shining right through that window, causing me a bright spot. I had to hang a curtain over it. <laughs> so, trying to make some adjustments, get everything set just right so it looks good, sounds good. I think we got our sound going really well finally. So, um, starting a new series tonight. Uh, this will be. Um, I honestly I didn't look see how many weeks we're going to do here, but we're going to talk about prayer. Um, most of us know what prayer talks about, know what it means, but I want to I want to specifically talk about uh, the title of this series is pray pray big things, pray the big things. So that's what we're going to talk about throughout this series is praying the big things, and and this particular subtitle for this one tonight is more than we can imagine. Now, I know it's. I know that sometimes that we we maybe hinder God a little bit. Maybe we limit God a little bit when we pray. Uh, that we don't really expect certain things, or maybe we don't pray certain things because maybe it's more than we can imagine that He would do for us. But before we get, begin this series together, I, I want to ask you to make the decision to start praying intentionally, to ask God regularly for very specific requests very specific things our friends and missionary pastors uh stan and becky tedro uh who planted a church in mexico uh, i think it was in 96 ish they, they went to mexico the year before we went into youth ministry um but she used to tell me something she'd say let's get intentional and, and i would often you know say yes i want to do this or yes i want to go or but i'd never really put a date on it i'd never really make a plan and, and Becky would always say, well, get intentional. Let's get intentional about this. You know, let's, let's put it in motion. Let's put a date on it. Let's put a definite, you know, let's put a definitive to it so that we make it happen. I, I really like that. So I'm going to ask you to make a decision to start praying intentionally, so, so, which means that we're going to put a date on it. We're, we're going to put a timeline on it. We're, we're going to make it intentional, and we're going to pray the big things over the next few weeks. The decision to do so in one's life can single-handedly change the course of your lives, and it can change your ministry forever. Yes, you have a ministry the same as I do. Mine may be here behind a microphone. Now, maybe yours isn't behind a microphone, but it's still on the street. It's still at your job. It's still at your school. It's still wherever you put down roots. It's wherever your family is. You still have a ministry. You still have a calling on your life. Such willingness and intentionality has the potential to change your life as well as those that you pray for. Let me say that again. Such a willingness and intentionality has the potential to change your life as well as those you pray for. That's a huge thing. Please don't miss this opportunity to go before the Lord so that he shapes the prayers that you are eager to ask. The second thing we need to address is that some of us are not receiving what we ask for because we're not really children of God. Now, I know this is a little difficult for some to understand, but 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 says this, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The Bible very clearly says that we're either for him or against him. We're either on his side or we're on the opponent, or the opposing side. There, there is no gray matter. I often refer to this a lot. You know, you hear lots and lots and lots of celebrities and lots of um, hierarchy and lots of people that have position who will say we're praying for them. 
who will say that we're going to pray for you um, or ask you to pray with us. And, and it's, I cringe at times because I think, I don't think they understand that God doesn't hear the prayer of the unrighteous. The, the only prayer of the unrighteous that God actually does hear is a prayer of repentance. He, he hears the repentant heart because unless we're on his side, we don't have a communication factor with him. He, he's not going to take just Joe Blow off the street who's never given his life to Christ and hear his cry to help his buddy who's just been run over by a car unless he repents first and gets his life straight and then God's going to listen to him. I know that sounds um, I know that sounds cruel to some degree, but you have to understand that 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 God's calling us to be righteous. He, he's, he's created us to be in relationship with him and we failed. We fell away and until we until we come back to him, his ear is only listening for our repentance. Not not for everything we babble out. We'll get that straight. Proverbs fifteen twenty nine says, "The Lord is far from the wicked, but He hears the prayer of the righteous." You know, again, bringing that into play, you're either for Him, or you're opposing Him. You, there is no gray area. John nine thirty one says this. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshipper of God and does His will, He hears Him. These are biblical, these are scriptural references to the very thing I just said. Romans 10, 9-10 says this, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Again, that, that's that, that repentance part. You believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you repent of your sin, you ask him to forgive your sin, come and live inside your heart, be Lord of your heart, now you've changed the game. Now you're on his side. And now his ears are attuned to what you have to say. Just just to clarify that, just right off, right out of the gate. If you are in relationship with Jesus, your access to the Father is unhindered. He welcomes us with fullness of joy and acceptance before his throne. John 15, 7 says this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, I'm going to kick back to this where we talked about sometimes we ask for things and we don't seem to think that we get our answers. The Bible also says that you have not because you ask not. Well, we, we, I mean, I've heard that preached a thousand times. You have not because you ask not. Well, God, I've asked. I've been asking. I've been asking forever, and I still haven't seen any answers to this prayer. You know, maybe maybe I have a relative who's got cancer. Maybe I've got a relative who's who's dying. Maybe I've got a relative who's really sick. Maybe it's me. You know, maybe I'm struggling with something that I just can't seem to get past. And I'm God, I'm crying out to you, but I, I'm I'm not hearing your answer. You know, I've prayed this prayer of repentance. I am one of yours, but but I'm still not hearing it. I, I'm asking God. Well, that scripture. The problem with that scripture is, is there's more to it than just the ask. It says you have not because you ask not, but then it follows that up with you don't receive because you ask amiss. You ask for the wrong motive, if you look at that in another version. To ask amiss is to have the wrong motive. And man, me and God had a challenge here. Um, I really didn't want to belabor this too much tonight, but I, I want to share this with you. I was in a youth pastor's position, um, served as an associate pastor. We talked about that Sunday, whatever needed. 
And it just so happened that my pastor was out of town. We had a lady in our church who was actually battling um, cancer and gotten really sick. They had to carry her to the hospital ambulance. The family called me, said, man, they're taking mom to the hospital by ambulance. So I went, I left, I went with them. Um, I, I sat with them that night and, and it appeared that she was going to get better. It appeared that things were calming down. They got the oxygen on her, they were helping her, things looked good. I, I actually went back home only to about two hours later be returned back with a call saying, man, she, something's gone wrong. She's not doing well. And man, we all cried out to God. You know, we, we prayed over this woman and, and I, I stood in that room with her and her family as she took her last breath on this earth. I struggled because I had a daughter who had been told other things that was not understanding why God hadn't answered those prayers. Um, I, I, had a, I had a grieving family that was very difficult for me to deal with. I, I left that hospital that night grieving in my own spirit and really, I guess to some degree, I was angry with God. I, I wanted some answers. And I I did some yelling on my way home, and I, I'm like, God, you're gonna have to show me this. You're gonna have to. I I need some understanding. Why? Because I did ask, you know, why did I not receive the answer? And he brought that scripture to my mind, and I thought, well, wait a minute. How can I be asking amiss when I'm asking for someone's healing? But honestly, he showed me some things that maybe to you sound a little petty. To me, it made so much sense at the time. Because what he asked me was, so had you prayed over this woman and she'd have been healed, how would you have felt about yourself? How would others have perceived you? Man, I might have had my own TV show and written a book. I mean, isn't that what happens when, when some miraculous thing happens for someone? So, so you see that there, there's a motive that comes into play that I might not have seen, but God did. You know, beyond that, there, there becomes this other side of the coin. What about my will? What, what about my will? See, the part, part of the things that I get to see down the road, and, and I pay attention to these things, and you should too. See, down the road, I, I saw a young lady who was so bitter that night and so angry that God had not answered the cry, not, had not done what others had said he was going to do. There's the key feature right there. Others had said, God's going to do this. God had never said that. And so she was angry at God because he didn't do what others said he was going to do. Today, that young lady serves the Lord. Today, that young lady has, has thanked me for being with her family during such a critical time in their lives. I didn't do anything. I was just there to comfort them. You know, I don't understand the will of God at times. Um, I can take you back to my own life. I'm 13 years old. I'm 150 miles away from home with my father, who, who was working away from home at the time. I got to go spend a few days with him, and I watched that man die on a basketball court. I'm 13 years old. I'm 150 miles away from home in a town that I don't know anybody. I didn't understand what God did there. I, I, will, I will stretch this out a little bit further, and I'll tell you, I still don't know that I can tell you I understand what he did at that moment. I still don't understand him taking a 13-year-old young man's father away from him, uh, a man who, who who was my everything, you know? I mean, he was my hero. Um, we hunted, we fished. He, 
I mean, I looked up to him. He he was a man. I I, I wanted. I had no other plan but to get older with him. I struggle still today sometimes when I see my own children and my own grandchildren who never met my father because I was only 13 years old when he passed away. But I can tell you this. I can stand where I am today and I can look back to that moment in my life and I can tell you that even though I don't understand what took place on that court that night, I do see a path to where I am today. Had that woman been healed that night, I don't know where her daughter would be today. Had my dad been healed that night, I don't know where I would be today. But see, God had a plan. Even though it makes no sense to us, he still has a plan. So when you don't see the answers to your prayers, this ain't got nothing to do with my notes. I'm so far off my notes, it's bad. But I think you really need to understand that, that, you know, God's not just a a convenience store machine. He he's not just a pop machine. You can't drop quarters in and expect your answer. Uh, you, you know there are times when there's delays. There are times when we don't see the answers. We're we're times that we may never see the answer. But God has a plan. His ways are higher than ours. His understanding is better than ours. So we're just going to have to trust. We put it in His path. We put it in His lap. We cry out to Him. But then we leave the outcome in his hands. And, and we, and man, you have no idea how many times I've prayed this over people since that day. Because God showed me that many, many times the prayer that I speak is selfish. The prayer that I speak is selfish. Had God healed that woman that night, I would not have had to, to walk with them through their grief. I, I would have walked out of there a hero, not, not walked out of there sad. You know, I was carrying a burden when I left there. I, I wouldn't have carried that burden had, had God just healed her right there that night. So there was a selfishness that I even I wasn't seeing at the time. You know, God had to show me that at a later time. There was a selfishness even with my own father. Even though I was a 13-year-old boy, I, I couldn't have told you what that was at the time. You know, there, there's, there's these things that we just simply don't understand. But there's a motive, and we've got to understand it. And, and I tell you right now, every prayer I've spoke since that day now, that conversation with God has been, God, your will. Think about Jesus in the garden. The most human moment Jesus was, and the most beautiful moment to me, that showed us how human Jesus really was, was in the garden of Gethsemane the night he was arrested. When he prayed those words, God, if this cup could but pass from me. But he followed it with, not my will, but yours be done. God, if that's the only way, I'm going to walk it out with you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to walk it out. That's what he's asking of us. That's a big ask. But we're praying big things. Right? Let's pray big things. Let's have intentionality in our prayer. That we're going to see things happen that we've never dreamed. Let me get back to my notes. For most of my life, I've, I was never really interested in prayer. Prayer seemed boring, honestly. Why was this so? What? Why would, would seeking God feel boring? The answer is I, I lived on borrowed prayer. I benefited from other people's knee work. I was encouraged by other people's testimonies, not my own. Often I tell those whom I speak to that I'm a product of someone else's prayers. My mom has had both her knees replaced. I'm likely part of the cause of her having to have those knees replaced because that woman spent hours on her knees before God over me. I was a rough kid. <laughs> she would have testified, see her name man coming from her right now if she was here with me. 
so did many others. I guarantee you my mom recruited her women's ministry group and all them women prayed over me. And I know many of them still today, some of them will hear this message and I guarantee you they'll be going, "Uh uh-huh, yes, sir, we did. They burnt some knee time out over me. See, I'm a product of prayer. Think about that for a minute. So are you. What about your prayers? Is there someone that's a product of your prayers yet? Or is it still yet to come? Oh, you got to get intentional with the big things. It took maturing in my faith to realize that spending time before the Lord was an honor and was necessary to fulfill the calling in my life. Man, when I, when I, when I realized that I'm going to go into the ministry as a full-time staffer when I went into ministry in 1998, 97, um, I thought, I'm going to get paid to, to be with God. How cool is that? Well, it's a lot tougher than it seemed, I can tell you that. It's no cakewalk. Ministry is a rough, rough life. Think about that the next time you talk about your pastor or your or your staff or your youth pastor. They're living a very difficult life, much more difficult than you realize. Pat them on the back. Lift them up in prayer. Pray over your ministers. Pray over your leadership. I guarantee you they need it badly. They're fighting a battle that you have no idea what they're fighting. But my lack of enthusiasm about prayer was not a theological issue. It was an ownership issue. I just didn't see it. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand it. Why is owning our faith and owning our prayer life so vital? The Bible repeatedly refers to God's people taking ownership of the blessings God has promised to his children. We've got to own that. For example, Deuteronomy 28.12 says, The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to the give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand if you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow the Lord will open up his good storehouse the heavens will give rain for your land in its season there is a season that's something you really need to understand there's some depth in that teaching but there is a season involved when we pray and when we see things It's in, it's a, it, it is a complete contradiction to us to live as if we have no tangible way to get what we need or want <laughs> or desire while, while having full access to God in all creation. It would be silly of us to, to live in a way that, that we simply feel like we don't have any way to get what we want. We don't, have any way to, we don't have any way to get the answers when we serve the God who created the heavens and the earth. But when we serve the God who breathed life into man, when we serve the God who created everything that we see. How many times has God actually answered prayer for you that you've seen? Tangible. I can't even count them. I've seen things. I've seen the miraculous. I've seen the crazy stuff. I've seen God do things that are like, holy cow. But I've also still wanted in many places in my life that I've still yet to see answers for. I don't understand them. All I know is is I trust God. I know that he's going to come through. I know that he's going to do things. I know what he does is his way, his time. This week's homework. I'm going to give you some homework. Pray for God to give you an increased desire to talk to him. I know that kind of sounds silly, but we really do need a desire to talk to God. And if we don't have one, we need to ask him to help us find it. And, and and I'm gonna I'll pick on you a little bit. 
I, I know that a lot of you listen to secular music, country music, whatever it might be. You know, I, I am, you know, somebody probably listen to some of that secular rap stuff. And I, I mean, you understand what I'm saying. Why don't we surround ourselves with things that put us in the atmosphere to talk to God? I, I honestly, when I gave my life to, to the Lord so many years ago, um, it was a desperation moment for me. It was a life or death moment for me. Uh, I actually had contemplated suicide. Um, I was just in a dark place in my life, and I didn't want to be here anymore. God spoke to me. I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, and many of you have heard my testimony. It wasn't an audible voice. He spoke into my spirit something that changed the path of my life, and I knew it. And I began a, a, I began a pursuit of him. I had a my old pickup. I had a 1973 Ford pickup. It sat taller in the back than it did in the front, cowboy way. Had mud flaps on the back, said horse country. Big old 12, 16 tires on the back, littler tires on the front. Had the trucker antenna on my mirrors. I mean, you know, total redneck. That's how life was for me. I had a 10-channel programmable CD player or whatever in my pickup. I'm not even sure I had a CD player. It may have been a cassette tape player at that time. So, But I had 10 channels of programmable radio. And, hey, Central Oklahoma, it's easy to find 10 different country music stations to plug into those 10 channels. So I had 10 different country music stations plugged into my radio. I listened to country. That's what I did. I was country. I wore the big cowboy hat, the boots, the jeans, the whole works, had the look, whatever, whatever you want to call it, redneck, whatever. When I gave my life to the Lord, when I surrendered, and, I, and I'm talking it was a wholehearted surrender. It wasn't a mouth word game. It was surrender. I had to. When I gave him my life, there was one Christian radio station in central Oklahoma at the time. It was 88.7. It was in Ponca City. Um, I don't even know what they called it back then. I just remember 88.7 because it's still there. It's they, they, There's two now. There's 89.7 and 88.7. 89.7 they call the house, a little more contemporary. 88.7 is still the older stuff. Worship still got some of the teaching stuff on it. The... I plugged that 88.7 into all 10 channels of my radio. I, 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 became, I became intentional, I guess. Uh, Becky, if you listen to this, I was intentional way back then. I just struggle with it still today. But I became intentional because I, I knew in my heart I had to change something. I was seeking God. My life was a total wreck. I was in darkness. I needed light. That was one way I knew to get it. So listen, man, I didn't listen to just music. I listened to Tony Evans preach. I listened to the guy in Colorado Springs. I listened to whatever happened on 88.7, and that's all I listened to. I didn't put anything else on in my vehicle. Over the years, I'll, I'll tell you, most people will tell you, you pop in my pickup today, well, today it's on 89.7 out of Ponca City. Because that's the station I listen to when I'm local. But I travel back and forth to Missouri a lot work with Peter Snapdoll Ministries and we work hail up there and things. From here to, to Ponca City, there's two other or to, to Joplin, Missouri, there's two other stations. I plug, I punch one button, it puts me on the Tulsa station. It's already on there. When I get past the Tulsa station's reach, I can reach down there and punch another number and I've got Joplin stereo playing on my radio and it's Christian music all the time. I don't listen to anything else. When I get in a customer's car, if it's 
sports radio, country, whatever's playing on the radio, I just simply turn it down. I just, and I'm not telling you that because I think I'm some kind of super righteous thing. I'm telling you that because it's programmed into me now. It's, It's intentionality in my life that all I listen to is Christian music. I want to challenge you. Part of your homework. Spend this next week intentionally listening to Christian music all week long. I know you're going to argue with me. Oh, man, you know, got to listen to this. Gotta listen. I'm, I'm just asking you. Try something. Find a Christian radio station in your area. Listen to it for the week while you drive. To and from work, whatever it might be. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it makes a difference. My windshield time in my truck is me and God's time. That, that's when I can cry out to him. I can weep. I can bawl. I can cry like a baby. I can shout with joy. I can be excited about what God's doing in my life, or I can be crying out for him to touch someone else's life or move on my behalf, whatever it may be. That That's my moment. That's my time that God and I talk a lot is, is behind the windshield. I want to encourage you to find a time, get a desire, ask him for a desire to spend time with him. Be intentional about it. You can have a conversation with God just like I'm having one with you right now. It doesn't require special wordage. It doesn't require candles burning or lower the lights. I don't even have to take my hat off. I mean, God says I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost anyway. I wear my hat on the temple all the time. It's not about that. It's intentionality of being in front of the Lord, crying out to him and asking him to help you to do something in your life. Confess whatever may be a hindrance to your prayer life today. Just give it to God. Whatever that hindrance may be, if maybe it's boredom, maybe it's um, distractions, maybe it's something else in your life, maybe it's your phone, maybe maybe it's whatever, whatever it is, confess that hindrance to your prayer life to the Lord. Ask Him to help you with that. Get intentional with your prayer life. Consider it a battle training. Get in your war room and prepare for battle. Listen, guys, we're in a war. You, you know that. I know that. We are in dark times in this world today. This, this, this planet we live in is in chaos. We need to be prepared to fight because the fight is coming if you're not already in it. And many of us are already there. If you're already in it, you, you need some battle training. You need to get on your knees before the Lord and you need to cry out to him and ask him to help you through this, to help you get stronger, to help you get more intentional to help you find the, the power of God in him that he can pour into you. And that power comes in the Holy Spirit. I read something, and uh, actually I think it may come in in maybe next week's playing, but maybe it's in something I read today in a devotional. But it talked about when, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus. I love this. Man, it, this is so cool. Because when we see, and I talked about it Sunday uh, in the multi-tool message, but we, I talked about those tongues of fire that set upon the disciples, and they began to speak in a heavenly language. They, they began to speak in the Holy Spirit's language, that, that, that tongues uh, in a different language, uh, that heavenly language. When John the Baptist baptized Jesus, when he dunked him in that Jordan River and he came up, there was an audible voice from heaven that says, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And a dove descended down out of heaven, which was the Holy Spirit, and it sat upon him. The Holy Spirit sat. Jesus got baptized in the Holy He was the very first one to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was a dove. It wasn't tongues of fire. And I, and I love the description of this. Because what I said, what I read today was, 
it, it was a dove. It, it didn't need to be fire because Jesus didn't have anything in him that needed burned out. We do. <laughs> Man, what a powerful message. Cry out to God. You want the power of the Holy Spirit in you? Ask him for it. Boy, I guarantee you, you better, you better be intentional and you better be ready because it's coming. And we need it. We need it for the boldness to speak the word of God in today's in today's crazy world. Amen. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Thank you. Got through my notes. I hope you pulled something out of this. I got a little excited about that. Too many stories. But um, I, I pray that this, this moves you into such a way that you become intentional in your prayer life. Get excited about the Lord. Get excited about spending time with Him. Be intentional in your time with Him. And if you're not, ask Him to help you. But I challenge you, change your radio station. Spend a week listening to Christian music and, and then tell me if it doesn't make a difference in your life. I'm not saying you got to listen to it 24-7, but, but I'm, but I'm going to encourage you, spend some time listening to quality things coming in. Because there's an old adage that says, garbage in, garbage out. If all we ever pour in is garbage, how are we going to expect anything good to come out of us? We need to pour in some good things. I challenge you. Do some homework. Spend some time praying. Asking God, help me be better at my prayer life. Help me be better at being intentional to pray the big things and expect an answer from you. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your support. Um, we are we are in <laughs> we are into the year already. We're already supporting other ministries. Uh, we definitely need your support. Um, I, I, I I try not to have, you know, harp on on money. I know God provides, but I want to ask you, put that before the Lord in your prayer time as well. Ask him if this is a place that you need to put some money. Is this a place that you need to support? The Bible talks about putting into your storehouse, wherever you're being fed from. Man, I hope you're being fed from the things that we do. But I'm not going to ask you to take away from your home church. If you're tithing to your home church, you tithe. You want to give us a missions offering? Awesome. But you, you give to your home church. You give where God tells you to give. And and, in, and if there's something else that you want to help us with, man, I, I encourage you to jump on board. The Simple Give app is the easiest way to do it. You can see that on our website. You can see it on the links on here. All the messages I send out have got them. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Continue to pray for us. That's a great place to pray right over here. Pray over us as God uses us to do other things. Um, we, we, just, we thank you. Thank you so much, Ron, and I love you. We love all the, t- the time we get to spend with each one of you. Um, pray that you're growing in us, with us. Um, we, we plan to look, in, uh, to, to look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. I've got another message already ready where, where God's pouring in. I'm pouring out. We're going to keep rolling. So uh, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for everything you've done, uh, all the gifts. Pray that you continue to, to seek God in all that you do. And more than anything, pray the big things this week. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We will talk to you again real soon.